Filthy Henry Case Files The Hang Under Part 1 An anthropological study once discovered an interesting thing about hangovers, found to be common across all the cultures in the world. Regardless of where you called home, hangovers were considered by many as a generational rite of passage, something that truly marked your acceptance into society. This may not be the healthiest way to view hangovers, of course, drinking in moderation being the more logical way to enjoy some alcoholic beverages avoiding both trouble on a night out and regrets the following morning. It was not that people saw hangovers as something that must be experienced. Rather, the younger generation who decided to drink beers, wines and whiskey were not warned by their elders about what could happen if you drank too much. Almost as if it was a macabre joke in letting the younger generation suffer their first hangover when it was entirely in the older generation's power to educate them and stop it from happening which was something else that the same anthropological study found. Parents can be mean just for a cheap laugh. Of course, the youth, in their hubris, would not have listened to the wisdom of their elders anyway. Hangovers were things that happened to other people. Young kidneys and livers would be able to handle alcohol in ways the old ageing bodies of the elder generation could only recall fondly in their dreams. That is until the first hangover struck because the god of hangovers plays no favourites when selecting their victims. If you've had too much to drink, you need to pay the price. Filthy Henry, Ireland's first and foremost fairy detective, awoke to the mother of all hangovers, in the same way most folk did. Greatly confused as to why he had slept on the floor fully dressed, and wondering why his brain was trying to punch its way out of his skull, he opened his left eye and peered around the room immediately regretting the act, as even the dim light of wherever he was caused the fairy detective shooting pains along his optic nerves. Closing his eyes again tightly, Filthy Henry slowly tried to get to his feet. He managed, while desperately trying to ignore the pain in his brain, to roll over onto his back and considered that a great victory. Ah, death! I welcome your sweet embrace, the fairy detective said his mouth drier than sandpaper left in the desert sun for several months. This was a new experience for Filthy Henry. Hangovers were something his half-breed biology just was not designed for, in a good way. Normal human alcohol had no effect on him at all. In his younger years, Filthy Henry had made rent entering drinking contests. The hard part being, to act just drunk enough so that nobody figured out he was still sober after ten pints. Fairy alcohol, on the other hand, allowed him to get a pleasant buzz going. A normal mortal would have probably gone blind sipping some fairy ale, but Filthy Henry was able to enjoy it without any risk to his eyesight. The problem being that, again, his unique physiological makeup made the ability to get drunk almost entirely impossible. Alcohol, it seemed, was converted into magical energy quicker than anything. Not that it meant the fairy detective could supercharge his power by drinking a bottle of wine before battle. 
It just meant that his blood was cleaned out before any drunken effects could take place. So, to wake up with a hangover at the ripe old age of 100 was something new and unpleasant entirely. The world spun beneath his back, causing the contents of the fairy detective's stomach to want immediate evacuation. Through sheer force of will, Filthy Henry ignored the desire to vomit. There were several reasons behind this course of action. First and foremost being he had no idea where in the world he was. Any throwing up should, in any civilised society, be done in a bathroom, the location of which Filthy Henry did not currently know. To learn that would require opening his eyes again, and if just one partially opened eye had caused so much pain, the fairy detective dreaded to think what both eyes opened at the same time could do. Somewhere in the depths of his hungover brain, an idea sparked. One that Filthy Henry was surprised had not occurred to him almost instantly upon waking up. While mere mortals had to resort to all manners of medication and family remedies to shake off a hangover, the fairy detective had magical abilities. Why suffer, when you could simply cast a spell and send the hangover away? In theory, it was going to be a basic healing spell, although healing magic was the most dangerous thing a person could cast on themselves. But Filthy Henry had, over the years, used a variety of healing spells to cure broken noses and mend cuts on his skin. Removing a headache was going to be child's play, just so long as he could do it with his eyes closed. Filthy Henry took a deep breath and focused on the area of his body that needed most healing. He figured that if he could get rid of the throbbing in his brain, everything else would sort of fix itself. With as much care as he could muster, the fairy detective began to channel a thread of magical power towards the top of his head. It was met with an instant and intense increase in pain. Levels that Filthy Henry had, until that moment, assumed nobody could physically ever endure. He cancelled the spell immediately and groaned. The headache remained, lessening only slightly. You can't heal a hangover like that, a voice said from somewhere nearby. It was a voice with an ordinary Irish lilt to it. A sound that was like honey being poured into your ears. A voice that Filthy Henry had known for decades. Bunty, he asked his voice coming out in a weak croak. Is that you? Have you come to say your final goodbyes? You're hung over. You're not dying, Bunty Dooley said, her voice closer now. That was the thing about the sea. They could walk so lightly, it was possible for them to climb into the air by stepping on falling snowflakes. If they had not been one of the most powerful races of fairy in Ireland, they could have easily found work as the assassins of the fairy world. I'm not so sure the fairy detective said, turning his head slowly in the direction her voice came from. I've been close to death before. This definitely feels like one step further along the path to the great beyond. Something was placed down beside his head, the clink of glass and porcelain causing a slight shockwave of pain to spread from his left ear through his skull. Why do you torture me so? Filthy Henry moaned. It's water and two aspirin, Bunty said. The best you're going to get, I'm afraid but allow me to help you with the light. He sensed a pulse of power pressed lightly over his eyes. Slowly Filthy Henry opened one eye and then the other. The world had taken on a dark hue, as if he were wearing sunglasses indoors like some idiot rock star trying to look cool. Reaching up, Filthy Henry checked what was in front of his eyes and found his fingers brushing against a spell. Magical sunglasses, he said, smiling as his brain did not react to the light from his eyes. Clever idea. 
Any chance you can heal me of this curse? Bunty Dooley was standing beside him, looking down at him with an expression of pity on her face. I told you already, there's no magical cure for hangovers. Mortals and fairies have to suffer for drinking too much. But I'm a half-breed, Filthy Henry wailed. I've never had to worry about this sort of thing. Well, there's a first time for everything, I guess, she said. Do you even know how you ended up here? Shifting positions so that he was propped up on his elbows, Filthy Henry reached over and lifted the pills in the glass. He tossed the medicine into his mouth and washed them down with a generous gulp of water. The fluid was so cold the fairy detective felt it flowing down his insides. And it felt nice. With bleary eyes, he looked at his surroundings through his magical sunglasses and frowned. I'm in your bar? Bunty Dooley nodded her head. Which is interesting for a number of reasons. Hang on a second. I'm not barred. I've had a good six month run of not being barred. There's no way you barred me recently without me knowing. So I'm definitely okay on that front. That's true. However, you might be getting barred if you don't clean up that pool of vomit you left all over my front door. I'm not even going to look in that direction, the fairy detective said, feeling some bile rise in the back of his throat. Just to avoid me having to add more vomit to the pool. What day is it? It's the National Day of Hangovers, the she said. March 18th. The day after St. Patrick's Day. I should have known. St. Patrick's Day was the national holiday of Ireland, celebrating the patron saint of the country and his victory over all manner of snakes that used to slither around her fair lands. As achievements went, it was an impressive one. Not that there was ever any written proof that Ireland had been overrun with serpents before St. Patrick's amazing feat. But why let a little thing like the facts get in the way of a party? Over the years, March the 17th had become a day of parades, parties and partaking in pints until the wee hours of the morning. With the following day being affectionately known as the National Day of Hangovers. For years, Filthy Henry had smiled at those around him as they suffered from their self-inflicted brain-shattering pain, content in the knowledge that he would never be counted among their numbers. Until today. What did you get up to last night? Bunty Dooley asked him. Filthy Henry closed his eyes and thought about the previous evening. But his brain was still in a state of suffering and agony. He was genuinely surprised that recalling his own name was still something he could do. I've no idea, the fairy detective said. It's a big old blank spot in my brain. If you can't magic the hangover away, any chance you could do a memory recovery job? I need to figure out what I drank, so that I never drink it again. How do normal people... Mortals and fairies do this sort of thing on a regular basis. Why would you set yourself up for this sort of torture voluntarily? Bunty Dooley shrugged her shoulders. You might be asking the wrong person there, given that I own a bar and all. I think the more pertinent question you should be asking is why is Leprechaun's hat beside you? Filthy Henry looked left and then right and saw the bright green bowler hat owned by the King of the Leprechauns. Oh, for Dagda's sake, he said. Through a tremendous effort of will, coupled with a magical assist from Bunty Dooley, Filthy Henry managed to float up from the floor and over to the bar counter. He pulled out a stool right as the sea unceremoniously dropped him into the seat. Looking around, the fairy detective discovered another gap in his knowledge from the previous night. Filthy Henry had no earthly idea how he had wound up in Bunty Dooley's bar instead of his own apartment.
one thing the sea was known for, beyond being one of the most powerfully beautiful ferries to run a pub in Dublin, was her security system. It was nigh on impossible to get into Bunty's if she didn't want you in. This was why being barred from her establishment carried so much weight as a threat. Unlike mortal pubs, where the barman had to remember to shout at you to leave, Bunty Dooley's bar magically prevented you from entering the premises. So just how he had slipped through all her defensive magics to catch a quick nap was a complete mystery. Leprechaun's green bowler hat was dropped on the counter beside the fairy detective. The sound of it hitting the wooden surface boomed in his brain. Dagged above, I'm never drinking again, Filthy Henry said, wincing. Bunty passed through the bar counter like a tantalising ghost and took up her customary position on the other side, guardian of the beverages. She pointed at the hat with her slender left index finger, the porcelain white skin and a beauty to behold, even in a hungover state. Now that is a problem, the sea said, for a number of reasons. Such as? Filthy Henry asked, lowering his head to the bar counter and resting it on his folded arms. He might not actually wear a crown in his role as king of the leprechauns, but not all crowns are golden and pointy. That hat's been on the head of the king for centuries. As each one's replaced, that hat just gets a new owner. You could almost argue that the hat, not the leprechaun who wears it, is actually the true king. Filthy Henry groaned. Bunty, I'm fairly sure I'm dying. Can we skip the history lesson and get straight to the... Ow! The slap to the side of the head had been unexpected, and not nearly as hard as her usual slaps, but the hangover amplified the pain tenfold to his skull. He rolled his eyes to the left and looked up at Bunty. Was that really necessary? The sea shrugged, grinning. She looked up suddenly. Oh no, that can't be good. She was staring past Filthy Henry over at the front door. The fairy detective sat up and turned around to get a better view. A small ball of golden light pulsed in the doorframe, floating just above the doormat. A message orb? Filthy Henry asked. You don't even let them through. Of course I don't. Bunty said. Who's going to let spam spells into their home? But for one to get that far past my door means it could only have been sent by a very powerful fairy. King level by any chance, the fairy detective said, knowing the answer already. Bunty Dooley made a sweeping gesture towards the orb and sent a tiny spark of magic floating to it. As the spark touched the golden orb, there was a slight shimmer in the air. To whoever is hearing this message, Leprechaun's voice said from the orb, I have once again been the victim of a heinous theft. Something very personal to me has been stolen. If you know anything, let me know immediately, or face the consequences. The orb vanished in a puff of golden smoke. I don't understand why he can't just ever ask for help, Bunty said. It was the same type of message that he sent out when he lost his pot of gold. Well, his pot has been stolen by mortals in the first ever true mortal fairy crime in history, an event that potentially would have removed him as king. I don't think you ask for help in those situations. Otherwise, you risk looking weak. Do you mean weak like asking a half-breed to find your missing crock of gold? Bunty Dooley asked. Well, he didn't so much as ask as lorded a debt over my head, but that worked out well in the end. I think you need to get on top of this before things escalate. I don't think he's going to believe that you just happened to wake up beside his hat while being terribly hung over. 
You can leave it here until you figure it out. He won't be able to sense it within the bar. I'd suggest you check your pockets. My pockets? The fairy detective asked, frowning. Oh, aye, she said. All the poorly written stories in history have a clue in the pocket to get things going. Filthy Henry patted down his pockets, stopping as his hand felt something inside. Well, dag to be damned, he said, pulling out a small matchbox. I guess you're right. The universe really is written by lazy writers. Filthy Henry stepped out of the pharmacy and opened the bottle of headache tablets. Glaring at the dosage, he wondered if they were rigid instructions or just friendly guidelines. Two tablets hardly seemed like enough to kill the demons dancing in the depths of his brain. Taking out three, he popped them into his mouth and washed the chalky objects down with a healthy slurp from his rehydrating sports drink. According to the pharmacist, this was a surefire way to get back on the road to recovery. Although she had found it very odd that a man in his late thirties had no idea what headache tablets were good for hangovers or why rehydrating with a sports drink was better than just plain old water. Her judgmental looks had been enough to make Filthy Henry feel ashamed that he had not been hung over more often in his life, as if it was some sort of requirement to being Irish. The pharmacy was, as poorly written short stories would have it, located just across the street from where the fairy detective needed to go. Pulling out the matchbook from his coat pocket again, he flipped it over and looked at the logo on the cover. Two cherub-looking figures were drinking from the same pint glass using straws. The words, Cheeky Cherubs, written in a fancy font under the image. It was one of the fairy pubs that dotted Dublin's streets. It also happened to be one of the last places the filthy Henry ever went to when he sought out some fairy ale. Even when he had endured his overly harsh month-long ban from Bunties, never had the fairy detective sought solace in Cheeky Cherubs. Standing on the street with his normal sight, the building was a slightly run-down house. The windows long since boarded up, and a sign hung on the front door warning people about trespassing. Switching on his fairy vision, which caused the pain in his brain to throb a little, Filthy Henry saw the rundown house suddenly replaced with a rundown pub. Not every fairy publican took as much pride in their establishments as Bunty Dooley did. Filthy Henry crossed the road and entered Cheeky Cherubs. Inside was what the fairy detective imagined misery and regret looked like. It was a dark, smoke-filled room, with little cubbies along the walls that people could sit in. Given it was a little after ten in the morning, there were several bums and seats, but judging from how they were all positioned, you could guess that these were not new arrivals, but fairies who had not gone home from the previous night. The fairy detective didn't see anybody he would have considered an acquaintance, so he made his way over to the bar counter and sat down on a stool. At the opposite end of the counter, Filthy Henry spied a changeling putting some glasses onto a shelf. They turned, looked at the fairy detective and frowned deeply. You've got some bloody neck coming back in here, the changeling said, floating up from the ground and drifting towards Filthy Henry. So, uh, I was in here last night, Filthy Henry asked, tossing the matchbook onto the countertop. You can drop that act right now, the changeling said, pointing a chubby index finger at Filthy Henry. You know you were, and you bloody know how much trouble you caused as well. It isn't bad enough that you wave it and every changeling's nose that you survived all these years. Now you've got to come into our watering holes too. The fairy detective's complicated history with the magical population of Ireland 
became even more complex when you factored in changelings. A race of fairies that looked like human babies, whose main source of work came from ensuring half-breeds never made it to their first birthday. Filthy Henry was, in changeling circles, the white whale they all were disgusted to know continued living. He shrugged, then looked at the sleeping fairies dotted around the bar. There wasn't a single one slumbering who looked baby-shaped. Well, you've no Bobby in here, so what's the problem talking to me now? The changeling rolled his eyes. You know what's worse than you actually being alive, half-breed? It's the fact you can't even pronounce your Moharanga properly. Jesus, I've heard some of the pidgin Irish you use when you're casting your spells. Fire footballs. Really? Filthy Henry almost felt embarrassed. It was true that he had a very poor grasp of the Irish language. But then so did most of the population. For all the beautiful and poetic nuances to the oldest language of Ireland, it was not exactly taught in the best way at school. Like most students, the fairy detective had learned enough to get past the exams and then rarely used it again. The words and phrases he used for his spellcasting had always been just a way to channel his thoughts and will into magical energies. Filthy Henry had learned in his magical career that the trick was simply to not use English words and phrases in order to get his magic to work, hence falling back to Irish. Accurate pronunciation was not really a requirement in a magical battle to the death. Avoiding death was. Still, it hurt to have a fairy point out just how poorly you spoke your mother language, particularly when you're already in a very delicate state and fading rapidly. Ah, come on, it isn't all that bad, he said, by way of lame response. The changeling rested an elbow on the bar counter, his baby-like body floating in the air. He pointed over at two fairies asleep in a booth. Well, tell you what, if you can tell me, in correctly pronounced Irish, how many fairies are asleep over there, we'll answer your questions. Filthy Henry frowned, looked over at the pair, then back at the changeling. Sure, that's simple. Although! The changeling reached up and covered his ears. Ah, stop, stop! I give up. You're terrible. Well, fine, Filthy Henry said, lowering his head to the wooden surface and enjoying the cool touch on his skin. I'm crap at speaking the language. But how about this? I bet you can't tell me my real name. I'll give you five turns. If you win, I stay here and all your clientele can throw some hurtful spells at me for three hours. If I win, you tell me what exactly happened here last night. How does that sound? The changeling smiled, showing a terrifying number of adult teeth in a child's mouth. You must be more hungover than I thought, he said. I had heard you're meant to be some sort of brilliant wizard with the wards, but that must be the stupidest idea I've ever heard. You're on. Filthy Henry sat up slowly. He reached out to shake the fairy's hand. After three shakes, a magical spark appeared above both their hands before the sparks floated into the air to join and vanish from sight. A magical contract sealed and entered. Your name is Filthy Henry, the changeling said, grinning. Filthy Henry brought his right hand up into the air and extended his index finger for the world to see. That's one down, Filthy Henry said, looking up at the surprised expression on the changeling's face. It was worth every neuron of pain. Filthy Henry Case Files The Hang Under 
is an original story by Derek Power. Narration and music by Niall Milton. Other works by Derek Power are available to buy right now on Amazon Kindle. Part 2 of this story is available immediately. And while you're there, why not send us a like or subscribe to the podcast? Or even better, share it with one of your friends. We'd really appreciate it.